do the Warriors have the best record in the in the entire NBA? I think they do. I think that's still the case. Yes. How? What? What do you call? Like, if I want to Google this, just like the entire league rankings, like regardless of what, whatever thing separates them. Though the conferences. Sure, I've never understood that with basketball and football, but you—you're not—you'll have a hard time finding records without them being broken up into conferences. Or, hold on, let me. See. This is a just because during the during the regular season, it's it's not really relevant. Hold on, who has the best record league wide? Who it is just the matters best team in the NBA? Your... Okay, the Warriors appear to be in first place in the NBA right now. Way to go, Siri. Oh. Live, a live demonstration of one of our potential topics. Yeah. This Very still isn't nice. the show, but... No, 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 no. Not the show. Wow, whatever the Hawks are, they've won 10 in a row. <laughs> there are so many of these teams I've honestly never heard of, like the Pelicans. Uh, I think we talked about this before. We did. Never heard of that much. You're not really a big NBA fan, though. But, like, if it's on, like, at the gym, I was watching a, a, a Clippers and a Trailblazers game. Well, that's that's the reason why you've never heard of these teams, though. Like if the Hawks, the Pelicans. If you're an NBA fan who only watches these nationally televised games, you know these are teams that are. I never only think on. there's four teams. <laughs> right. And you would, yeah, and you would think that the entire NBA basically is terrible because the teams that get the most national TV coverage—the Lakers, the Knicks, the Cavs—they're all awful. <laughs> the Knicks have lost 15 straight games. Wait, isn't the one? Uh, isn't that the one that? Uh... Former uh, Laker coach Phil Jackson is heading up. Yeah, he's their like president of basketball operations. Whenever... Oh, so he's not coach. No, gotcha. Uh, Derek Fisher's the coach. You know him. No, I don't. From the Lakers. No, you know Derek Fisher. You you say that as though that's going to make it more relevant to me. <laughs> uh, yeah the the Knicks are the Knicks are really bad. You know they're they're playing they're playing a game in London on Thursday. Are they do they're doing a thing like because uh, doesn't football now do like a couple games a year at the start of the season in London because they're trying to bring it over across the pond? Yeah, so the NFL does three regular season games a year in London now, and I I want to say this is the first time the NBA's done it at least for the regular season. They might have done like a preseason game over there, but I can't recall a regular season game there. Maybe there has been, I don't know. Maybe, but that that seems to be the big push with both the. NFL and the NBA. Well, and even Major League Baseball. I mean, opening day was that Australia game with the Dodgers. Yeah, that's probably never going to happen. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. They, there like was. I, some... I can see football sort of taking off over there, but hopefully, football dies out in like a decade. But yeah, I mean, there was there were some pretty good articles written this season because this season seemed to be where like the commissioner and some higher level folks at the NFL started actually talking about the idea of having a team in London is sort of like this serious proposition. And, you know, it, it, it doesn't really take a whole lot of thinking to realize the logistical nightmares that would come with having a team in London. How so? Just the travel, the time difference. It, it mm. just doesn't really... You mean for just, the Americans? Well, and for the teams involved, too. I mean, you think about if you're the San Francisco 49ers and you got to go over and play this London team. What would they uh, be called? Please uh, please speculate. Uh, well, so the, the name that uh, Bill Simmons over at Grantland really likes is the London Werewolves, which I think is pretty good. I was hoping for this to be a setup to a joke, but... Well, no. Sorry. 
But London. then they, you know, there's also been a lot of speculation about the NFL coming to Los Angeles, and there's lots of you know there's lots of names you could you could do there too. Although in all likelihood it'll be an existing franchise. Which yeah, when they, when they move a team, because when that throw everything like how Ashley, how does a sports team come into being? Um, I think it it varies from league to league, but I think it's generally some vote of the existing ownership. To keep things even, don't they? Wouldn't two teams have to come into uh, a, like a, a sport at a time? Otherwise, it throws everything off. Yeah. So the I think I think the NFL's directly come out and said this. Otherwise, it's it's just kind of widely known as fact. Where the only two ways that a team can come to LA is if it's an existing franchise or if LA gets two teams. Similar to kind of how, you know, there's the Lakers and the Clippers. Hmm. Well, wait, does LA have to get two teams or can it be like the, uh, like, oh, can Orange County get a team? <laughs> I, I suppose they could, although there have been enough challenges trying to get one football stadium built in Southern California. I can't imagine trying to have a second one built. Hmm. Just tear down uh, Disneyland. Hmm. I don't think that would go over very well. Yeah, I think it's probably a controversial decision. Okay. Yeah. I think that this is this is definitely what people tune in for, I think. Most certainly. Mm-hmm. So I have a question for you. I was thinking earlier sure. today. Uh, what do you, what's your opinion of the M word? <laughs> I'm sorry, what? Uh, what's your opinion uh, of the M word? M word. Yes. M as in Mary. Yes. M as in uh, Microsoft. I'm I'm not familiar with the M word. Am I? I'm, I guess I'm not. I'm not hip to this. Uh, the word millennial. Oh, I'm not. You're not a fan. So why or why not? Or I mean, so why aren't you? Um, I guess the reason I have a more negative view towards the word is I typically hear it in the context of a marketer. Mm-hmm. Well, isn't isn't, I, isn't anytime anybody says like Gen Y or baby boomers, it's always that. Unless we're talking about Social Security. It kind of goes back to, I guess, like my time at Best Buy where, you know, one of the, and I don't mean to talk ill on Best Buy. I would imagine this is a common thing amongst retail and lots of other different companies and industries. You mean berries they, and jills? Exactly. <laughs> they would always, they would have this system in place where every customer who came into the store would fall into one of these five or six different categories. And I'm just, I don't know, I'm not a, I'm not a huge fan of making sweeping generalizations amongst large groups of people. Gotcha. Just what, what, what makes you ask? No, it's just, it's just a word that I, I hear all too much uh, these days, and it just really bothers me. Well, speaking of... Like, and also, just... Well, go ahead. Well, I, I would say I have some, some follow-up to uh, last week's episode mm-hmm. where, you know, we speculated some on you know what the appropriate amount of time was after the first of the year to continue saying happy new year and just today i've heard it i think two or three times and i've heard i've heard it every day since uh, last week when we recorded from coworkers and, or just random people on the street well it, it's mostly at work because i mean that's where i am most of the time but um i've, I've heard it on the street as well uh was it said by millennials <laughs> i probably but I mean, it's, it's January fourteenth now. It seems seems like we're past that. Again, I, I stick with my own cutoff that I mentioned last week, which is uh, three a.m. January first. If you're at a party, you can say Happy New Year. That's it. You know what's even worse though is I, I noticed on my way home this evening 
it's it's very common in San Francisco for folks just you know to have their you know no no blinds drawn or anything. So you just you know you can kind of just see through people's windows. It's just it just kind of is what it is. And <laughs> I mean they had not this like is a weird it. setup. Yeah, I don't I don't mean to. I try to make that sound as least creepy as possible. And you've got your you've got your DSLR succeed. with a telephoto lens. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's that's not weird. I noticed three Christmas trees still up and lit. And that's because Christmas is an amazing holiday. Again, like you can say Merry Christmas from July through April. I am fine with that because I love Christmas lights and it's a nice, happy holiday. So people can keep their trees up as long as they want. Wait, so let me clarify this. I, I always thought you did not enjoy Christmas. It's, it's just Christmas music you don't enjoy. Exactly. Like I enjoy like um, like the uh, like Christmas imagery and uh, Christmas lights. and tr- <laughs> the, the imagery. Okay. Well, you know what I mean? Like, like, no, just, like red and green everywhere, and just kind of like I don't know that, that that whole thing. Hmm. Like, yeah, like, like they're very like Halloween, ugh. but Christmas I enjoy. <laughs> so you're more of a uh, red and green person as opposed to a, a black and orange. I I guess I would expect you to be not at all more of the Giants. black and orange person. Not at all. I I uh, orange is one of my favorite colors. Unfortunately, it's co-opted by AT and T, but. Well, so I thought then that Halloween would be your favorite holiday by virtue of, you know, as you say, the, the imagery of that holiday. But the imagery is all just like awful, like terrible costumes and annoying children. Mm, that's true. See, it you falls, know, it, 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 if you get, if there's like a Venn diagram, it's, it's I love candy, hate kids, but there's this crossover that, yeah. Right. That's true. If there's one thing you dislike more than Christmas music, it's children. Oh, kids singing Christmas music. Oh. <laughs> just your just your absolute worst nightmare kids traveling by uber singing christmas music <laughs> out the windows with oh. with those damn uh, healy wheels it's just yeah i don't think those are still a thing i think they are yeah maybe so uh anyway all right that's just an opinion of uh one millennial yeah we should wait do, know, we, do should... we count as that i don't what, what is the what is the cutoff for that i try not to even think about it I'm not. I'm honestly not sure. But unfortunately, we do fall into that, right? I I guess so. I mean, we were alive at the turn of the millennium, so but so are all the old people. Or I mean, so so are all the baby boomers <laughs> at that point. I do. Yeah, if I, it I just honestly, includes everybody that's still alive, I think that's a really big market segment. I can honestly say I've never looked up the definition of what exactly a millennial is. So, all right. So there's probably some technology news, but if if uh, I'd be hard pressed to tell you what happened this week. Slow week, um, and I I would anticipate probably the next month or so to be kind of slow. I you know you know what I miss? I was thinking about this the other day. I actually miss a few years ago. I mean, it's been, it's been a number of years now where there was CES, which I don't know. I guess when I was younger, I thought CES was cooler. Maybe that was just because I was naive. But there was there was CES, and then right afterwards there was MacWorld. And I always thought the beginning of January was sort of fun. It was kind of this post-holiday thing to look forward to, good way to start the year. And now it's just kind of bleh in terms of tech news. Yeah, and I think CES is, is kind of a weird thing in that it's become completely unnecessary. And also, like, any any... Like in the past five to like seven years, like technology has been kind of dominated by a few particular companies that have outgrown the need or like the obligation to attend like a big trade show. 
like Microsoft, Samsung, Google, and Apple. So whenever they want to release something and they want the press to come, they just can just say it. So like CES just doesn't really make sense anymore because it's just a bunch of junk that will either never come to fruition or isn't really worth looking at. I don't know. It's 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 strange. It's kind of what people have also, and I think we've we talked about this on the in the private beta period. Sort of the the idea around E three being, which is the gaming equivalent uh, to you know CES as as CES is to electronics. Um, so in, in its heyday, what was E three? Like was it just game demos? Because you wouldn't really launch consoles there, would you? And also consoles got launched like once every like five to eight years, right? It, it it really was the same way that CES was, where prior to the internet making it so easy to you know live stream and just sort of get the word out about your product or service, E3 was the one and kind of only time where it was easy for any publisher of any size to get their game announcement out to the broad public. Hmm. And you know it's just it's it's easy now for a publisher of again any size to put out a live stream and say hey we're introducing this game or we're releasing this trailer it's just you don't you don't need something like e3 in the case of games or electronics in the case of ces to promote your your product i mean you think about electronics shoot you could probably get even more publicity and more attention doing a good kickstarter than you could having a booth at ces yeah strange times yeah so no, January's doesn't doesn't have quite the excitement as it used to. Hmm. Well, anyway, no matter how minor the news, uh, what was something that caught your eye this week? Um, well, I, some more some more follow up. Um, you know, we have more follow up in addition to not not only just this this whole New Year thing, but some actual legitimate follow up to to a topic we we talked about last week, which was Marco's uh, article about the declining state of Apple software. And I don't. I, did you have a chance to listen to the episode of the talk show with Marco? I did. Yeah. So I haven't listened to the whole thing, but I've listened to about the first hour, and it seemed like that's where they talked about his article. And to his credit, I think, and you made this point too last week, where he didn't expect this article to get as much attention as it did. So he was very forthcoming on the show as saying, you know, if he realized this would have become such a big thing he probably would have put some more thought into it would have chosen some words more carefully just would have made it a more well-rounded piece so it was good good on him for coming out and um saying that um and you know the, the thing that i talked about last week was i felt like the article's biggest weakness was that it lacked any sort of specific examples and they did go into some examples on the talk show and it's kind of interesting, the one that they spent the most time on, which was the Apple TV and specifically AirPlay on the Apple TV. And I, I've i actually not had any problems with that. I, I use my Apple TV almost every day, either for Netflix or HBO Go or for AirPlay. And I, I honestly can't remember the last time I had trouble doing any of those things on the Apple TV. Have, I mean, have you have you had trouble, or am I just the lucky one and have some magical version of the Apple TV? Um, I mean, I've had a little bit. Um, if you're playing just a straight media file, it's not too bad. But 
it, it's it's less reliable than it has been in the past, and I think you can pinpoint the time at which it changed, which was um, when the uh, like Mac AirPlay um, thing came out. Because before it was absolutely flawless, but I do agree uh, my failure rate is not as high as they alluded to. But it's 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 worse than it has been. Like sometimes you'll just get videos that drop, or it'll just like disconnect, and you have to just unpair it and repair it. It's strange. I, I've had almost exactly the opposite experience where I felt like when the Apple TV first came out, I actually bought it specifically for AirPlay. That was like the only thing I intended on using it for. And I could never get it to work when it when it first came out. And it, even when I did get it to work, it would randomly drop. It just was a mess. And I would say in the last couple of years... I, I honestly can't even tell you a single instance where I've had trouble with AirPlay, not only with music, which is what I most commonly use it for, but also with video. I pretty frequently will have a video that I'll start playing in Safari and then I'll say, oh, you know, I should beam this up on the TV. And I do. And I never, never have any trouble with that. Yeah, it sounds like you're tempting fate now, but it's something that used to be rock solid, and I thought, like, and that's kind of what made the Apple TV, like, the world's simplest impulse buy, which was that it was just, like, this amazing, like, just wireless adapter for your television, for your iOS device. But, no, I do agree that it's become a lot less reliable than it once was. I don't know. It's not, like, a, like a, um, a complete crapshoot now, but it's it's not as good as it used to be. Like, the whole Apple TV is has gotten weird, mainly, like, like, as they've added all these channels and all this other stuff. Like, it's not... It's 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 a weird product, I don't know. That they that they don't really seem like they care to update, but it's not as good as it used to be at the the core things. I mean, I have no less than about seven different options when it comes to streaming something like Netflix, you know, between just the native app on my TV, the Xbox One, the PlayStation 4, the Wii U, um, you know, whatever. And I, the Apple TV is always my first choice with streaming. You know, no, no fans, so it's quiet, it's quick. Uh, video quality is always very good. So I don't know. I, I just can't. I can't say I've had similar trouble with the Apple TV. Yeah. Um. I mean, if you refer to uh, Glenn Fleischman, had a really good post about just kind of all the stuff that's wrong in the Apple world, and it, and it's really, really long and detailed but it's all completely right the alternative take i saw was from gruber who i i put his his piece in the in the slack he he was talking about what apple's going through now kind of just in terms of a a, a lull which i think is kind of the point i was trying to make last week where apple sort of over their history i guess like any company really has had you know peaks and valleys they've had years where they've done a lot of really good things and seems like they could do no wrong and then they'll have years where things just don't go as well so it seems just kind of just kind of comes and goes and unfortunately maybe we're just in one of those times now where things are a little bit rough but that is not an indication that things are going to forever be this way i i disagree just because in recent years like the biggest problem is that it's been there's a forced and unnecessary urgency to iterate, create new features and new versions. Like it's it's like especially on the desktop side because again like like I'm fine with iOS but I still just do a ton of work on the Mac. 
it, it there's absolutely no reason that this level of development or new features or cosmetic refreshes has to happen. And I think that's the problem that deserves the most attention. Like, I mean, I like iOS 7 was a complete mess for six months. And like, I, I really, I'm annoyed and upset by that. But I think it's just, particularly on the Mac, it doesn't need to be that way because the Mac is not hyper competitive as iOS or like as the mobile space is. So it's just unnecessary. I think that is a really interesting topic, uh, which is what what's more important? Is it to iterate as fast as possible and constantly coming out with new features? Or is it kind of limiting what you do and making what you do as good as possible? It's striking a balance. And before, they had a decent balance. I don't know. It, it Yeah, it... I, I agree on one hand, but then on the other hand, you know, I'll, and I'll, I'll specifically kind of talk about iOS, which is, I think, what, when I think of Apple software, 90% of the time I'm thinking about iOS. I always felt like iOS was on the slow side. I, I, always, I always wanted more from iOS. I was very grateful that it was stable, it was fast, it was reliable, but I always felt like it was lacking. And now I don't really feel that way. I feel like iOS has really caught up to the times. And yeah, it's become a little bit less reliable, but I don't know. In, in some ways, I'll, I'll trade some of that reliability for all the new features we've gotten over the last couple of years. And I would say I prefer it somewhere in the middle. Well, but where is that middle, though? I mean, is, does that mean that they come out with a major version of ios every other year like what what would that look like i think that it comes out when it's ready so you don't even you don't think there's any sort of regular release cycle i think like it probably should not go more than two years but i like the apple watch functionality that's going to debut in ios is going to be in a point release like ios 8.2 is going to be what makes the watch support there um, Apple Pay came out as part of App, uh, of iOS 8.1. So I don't understand why there has to be this like gigantic marketing push and big like to do about having iOS 8 and it has all these features. We have 300 new features in this OS and it's it's buggy and kind of crappy for until there's 8.0.2 or whatever when they can just add features as they're ready. I don't think they're going to sell fewer hardware. I don't think iOS 8 is what moves phones. I think it's the really good hardware, which is not what people are complaining about. I just you can't you can't put iOS 8.2 up on a poster. Yes, you can. <laughs> you can say Apple Watch now supported in iOS 8.2, or you can just advertise the feature. Hmm. Like Apple Pay now available on your iPhone 5 or newer or what like there's a lot of stuff you can do. Yeah, I, I don't. I'm sure Apple internally has a lot of insight that they would never really talk about publicly about this. But I wonder how much of a benefit they perceive in having this very, very steady release cycle, specifically with the iPhones and iOS. I mean, I, I know you know I, I have plenty of friends and family who really you know aren't plugged into this whole tech thing, and they they always know you know the new iPhones are every September. Like that's just they just have come to know that now. So I wonder if there is a lot of value in that. Um, 
And I, you know, the other thing too, when these new iPhones come out every year, I, I think in in some ways, especially when you think about the like the S releases, like the you know the 3GS, the 4S, the 5S, and presumably this year the 6S, it would be a really hard sell if there's no new software. Like if this if the 6S literally would ship with the same version of iOS, like the most recent version of iOS that was already on the six. I don't. I don't know. I, I don't think that would. I don't think that would fly. With who? With with just the average consumer. Why? Because I I think there's an expectation that not only is the hardware different, but that there's something different with the software as well. But con- but consumers understand that their old phone would also get the same software. So I don't see. I don't see how the hardware would be so lackluster that they would buy it only for software. They could have already if. Like, if it's software they knew that was going to come to their old phone anyway, how on earth does new software make the new phone more attractive? Well, there are, there's a couple of things, though. One is that there's almost always some new hardware which, or I should say, some new software functionality which is only supported by hardware in the new phone. So, like, the most recent example of that would be Apple Pay. So that's fine, because, it, like, if you remember when the iPad came out, it came out with a point-release version of an existing iOS version because they weren't ready to well, release an entire yeah, new version. That's, that's so, not it's not a very good example though. No, it's, it is a good example. Like let's say um, uh, the iPhone 6s supports um, I don't know what, what's 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 a feature they don't have. I don't know. It it's it supports it, it becomes a hoverboard or something. But that could, it, it it is it is 2015. So we are we are due for hoverboards. Like pretend, pretend it has a projector in it. Like just something stupid, but something that might actually happen. Like Samsung's made phones that have that. It, <laughs> they they have it's it's not good, but they'll make it. They they've made a phone with a projector. I swear to God, it ran Windows Mobile six. Oh boy. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like why can't that feature be part of iOS eight point three? Like I I don't understand like. Whether you stick it in iOS 9 or not doesn't make a difference. If it needs new software to support new features, that's fine, and that could still happen. But it doesn't mean you have to force along buggy software that is going to affect everybody regardless of whether or not they buy the phone. You know, I, I would say it would be really, really interesting to, to, to try this. Like if, to try if this year, If this year's iPhone came out and... Apple was like, you know, iOS nine. It, you know, we're we're working on it, but it's you know, it's not ready yet. You know, you, you can expect to see it sometime in 2016. And they, you know, they but they stick to the same schedule, so the 6s comes out. But they don't need to say that. Well, okay. oh no, no, no. I, you're right. So they, but say that, um, you know, say that they they announce these new iPhones and they they just stay silent on iOS. They just say, hey, you know. Here's the new phone, and here's a couple of new features, maybe, but we're not. They're not. They're not really making any allusion to iOS being updated. I'd be really curious to see. Well, that wouldn't happen just because you have WWDC, which takes place in mid June, and what they would do there is say, "Here are a couple of uh, cool things and developments we are planning for iOS nine. We expect iOS nine to be completed by winter 2015 or early 2016." They don't have to say anything about the iPhone six at all, or the or the six S or I. Six S sounds weird. I think they might jump to seven. 
Um, and then in September, they'll be like, okay, it comes with these new features. These new features are made possible with updates and improvements we've made in iOS 8.3. And then you can remember that when iOS 9 comes about, the iPhone 7 will give you the best possible experience and blah, 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 marketing bullshit. But I, I don't think in consumers' minds they they care because they know that Apple will give them two to three good years of software update support. I think they just want it because it, it's new. It's It's got so, – Apple always have so, has some key feature that makes it seem like a worthwhile upgrade to most people. Well, I, I again, I agree that I think that would be very interesting to see to see if it would have any tangible effect on the number of iPhones sold. Yeah. I mean, again, like Samsung, like the Galaxy S5 comes out, it runs um, a, a version of Android that's two generations old, and, and nobody cares. Hmm. Galaxy S5 still doesn't run Android 5.0. Nobody cares. I don't know. What version of Android are they on? Is it 5.0? Mm-hmm. Lollipop. Is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. Ugh. Yeah. So there, there's that. I, I Like, again, my, my main... Like, it's just... Uh, everything Apple made used to, it used to be just a little bit tighter. Like there was just more polished people, you know, you could, now there's just all, like there's just weird stuff. And this networking problem people keep talking about is true and it's annoying as crap. Yeah, actually, you know, it's funny. So I, I frequently will send you links to this fake Jonathan Ive Twitter account, which I, I think is really funny. And one of the things that that account is constantly riffing on is the Wi-Fi trouble that Macs have. And I, I've actually, I've never once enabled the Wi-Fi radio on my Mac Mini because it's just, you know, it's just plugged in. So I, I, I can't really say. Um, and I, I think when I installed my, the second hard drive in this Mac Mini, I, I, I'm actually not even sure the Wi-Fi antenna got hooked back up correctly or not. Um, but do do you have this trouble? Is this why this Wi-Fi thing does it affect your MacBook Pro? Um, I do not, but it does affect the latest computer. Interesting. So I, I, on your home network, you can connect, and she won't be able to. It'll drop the connection to the point where now she has to only connect to the two point four gigahertz network. And not you know not to get too personal, but what 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 computer is she she using? A thirteen inch Retina MacBook Pro. A bad new a newer version. Mm-hmm. It's like two thousand early two thousand fourteen, late two thousand thirteen. Are you, are you bitter that she actually has the the working one? What do you mean the working one? Well, in terms of you know the screen not being busted and all that, like your like yours is. Why'd you have to break that up? Now? I'm just gonna get mad again. <laughs> like what am I supposed to like? That really pissed me off. Again, that's another knock against Apple. Again, they well, they sold yeah. me a thirty three hundred dollar busted ass computer. I still think if you tried harder, you could have gotten that thing fixed. I'm this close to honestly writing a letter to Tim Cook. <laughs> like, I know it sounds stupid and it makes me sound like the whiniest asshole in the world. But seriously, it's if you leave anything on screen for five minutes and then you uh, show a different screen, you can see it for like a good two minutes, whatever you're doing. You can read the entire article, or whatever <laughs> was up on screen, if there's any text. Well, it's like a like a plasma from back in 2006. No, worse, like the early plasma. <laughs> like it's an anyway. What were we talking about? A Wi-Fi networking in Yosemite. No, so the Wi-Fi bug is real, and it still isn't fixed with ten point ten point ten point one, <laughs> whatever they're on now. Yeah, th- this ugh, this version number thing. But no, it's stuff like uh, like network sharing. Like uh, like there are certain things in in on my home network that will broadcast uh, over Bonjour the um, like their device name, 
and like my laser printer will sometimes appear like four different times in the in the finder sidebar just because OS 10 gets confused now. <laughs> like it's just weird shit like that. Yeah. Anyway, you know one one area where I, I do think there's a lot of opportunity for Apple is. It's really with the iOS side, they're very, very slow with these point updates. I think 7.1 took what six months, um, and you know we're still only on what point one, point two or something with iOS eight. I don't know. I I would like to see Apple be more aggressive with these 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 point updates or even you know point x updates. You know what I mean? Like it just—it seems like there's an opportunity for them to be able to be a little bit more nimble there. But people are already afraid of installing software updates because of the previous ones. So, what are they going to do? Well, I mean that's that's a separate issue. But you know what I mean, right? It just seems like. No, I agree, and also like Apple will uh, a lot of times just basically make people live with problems just because it's it's getting uh, the fix is getting baked into a bigger release. Yeah, that, that's what I mean. Like, it seems like if there's this sense of urgency to come out with these new major, you know, versions of iOS every year, it seems like you should have the same same sort of uh, focus and intensity on bringing out point releases as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, su- I'm surprised there's not. Uh, I'm kind of not. Especially now with how trivial it is to update iOS with it all being over the air and everything. And I think Google has a better approach to this because Google, because they realize that the fact they don't control software updates for most things because manufacturers will do, can like stop, like you can't, like if you have a Samsung Galaxy S5, you don't have the ability of just downloading uh, a software image from Google and updating your device because there's so much um, like specialized drivers and crap that's on it. But Google has actually broken up Android into separate applications so whenever they want to introduce a new feature into gmail or they want to update um like the play store or just some component of the operating system they can just make that app update itself and completely cut out um the hardware manufacturer and i think that's actually kind of a smart take on it yeah i mean it's i mean obviously it's not a not a great analogy because i'm talking i'll be talking about a web browser instead of like a full operating system but like chrome is it's fantastic that way where Updates come in totally in the background. You don't even know they're happening. Well, until there's that uh, angry uh, red little hamburger thing. Uh, where you get logged out of your account, you mean? No, the hamburger icon. I, I don't know what this is. Huh? The hamburger button? Ha- the hamburger button. What? I, yeah, the I... hamburger button uh, on the on the where the toolbar is to the right of the address bar. You know, you have the hamburger button. I, I literally don't know. What are you talking about? Are you talking about the set the settings thing? Yeah, the, the hamburger button. The three lines? Yeah. You think that looks like a hamburger? Are you kidding me? Hold are, on. Are, I mean, are you, are you kidding me? It's there are, three, there are three vertical lines, which are all the same size. All right. Hold on. I'm going to send you something. Uh, yeah, no, this is going to play great over uh, an audio recording. I, I can't believe you right now. O- open the link I just sent you. Okay, I'm I'm looking here. <laughs> um, okay, well, this is like an article I'm going to have to read, I guess. I I don't I don't 
I mean, I, I guess if I, I cross my eyes and look from across the room, maybe it looks like a hamburger, but I don't know. I, I just I kind of just see three lines. Well, anyway, the, the hamburger button has become kind of the catch-all like user interface element for uh, here's all the stuff we don't really have a place for, so just go here. Like, you know, on iOS, like I think Facebook was, was one of the earliest apps that used it. But basically everything they don't want to put on screen, they just hide behind that little three lines icon. Well, yeah, the Facebook app is... Ugh. Anyway, uh, but yeah, the hamburger icon in Chrome, uh, when, when there's a pending software update, it'll, like, if there's nothing to do, it's just um, kind of like a dark gray. If there's something new happening in a software update, uh, it's green, then it goes to orange, and then it gets red when it's mad at you. <laughs> well, maybe, no. like, I don't know, like, again, like, normally when I have a stable version of OS X, which is not right now, um, like, my uptime is actually pretty good, and I don't exit anything for a very long time. So then, yeah, Chrome does get mad at me. Yeah, I haven't... Yeah, this Mac Mini hasn't been turned off in a long time. Yeah, how long? I don't know. Go into the terminal and type uptime. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm going to go terminal... Uh, if I, just, just the word uptime? Yep. That's it? Uptime. Up 12 days, 5 hours, and 22 minutes. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Anyway, well, all right, you learned something new. Yeah. Hamburger icon. <laughs> Again, it's it's the crutch of shitty design. Yeah, well, and nobody's ever accused Google of good design. I think they have. Google Maps is the most legible thing in the world. I disagree. I'm 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 fully on board with the aesthetics of Apple Maps. Like Apple Apple Maps looks significantly better than Google Maps. The legibility of information and readability of the map the same amount of information, like more information can be conveyed and easily obtained in the same space on screen with Google Maps design. I, I don't agree. I also find ever since they've done the, the redesign of Google Maps on the web, I find it runs like shit in Chrome on both my Mac Mini and my work laptop, both of which are you know pretty good machines with the SSDs and everything. I just I find the performance to be awful. I do not have. I cannot say the same. Hmm. Even with your your busted Retina Mac. Oh no! If if I open another application where the browser was, no, I have all the street lines on it, so <laughs> it, it makes using Lightroom fun. But um, no. So again, my busted display is just that it, it again, it's an image retention problem. I'm sorry. It's just like it's that one button I know I can push if I just want to kind of tweak you a little bit. It's oh god. <sighs> That or I can start talking about your uh, iPad Mini now. I'm over that. Again, <laughs> I'm, I'm just gonna sell it. I don't care. You're just you're less passionate about the iPad than you are your laptop. Again, what do I use all day long? Exactly. Again, I, I, I enjoy computers. Mm -hmm. You're a well, you're you're a self-proclaimed power user. What do you mean? Oh, you you, you call yourself a power user? Well, sort of. I. I Oh, we we should talk about this. Well, anyway, we'll talk about it later in the show. But uh, the link I, I I inputted about um, there was a website that uh, installed all top ten downloads from cnetsdownload.com. Oh yeah, yeah, I saw this. Oh, uh, <laughs> like here's I I do not understand how regular people use computers that are PCs. Yeah, because I didn't know um, like browser hijacking and like that most freeware companies just installed a bunch of other shit with whatever you're downloading 
it's it's really disappointing. There there still is a very common thing on the Windows side where when you're installing an application on the third or fourth screen of the install process, there'll be this tiny little checkbox down in the corner somewhere that's like, oh, and install the ask.com toolbar or whatever. Ask.com's not still a thing. <laughs> no, it is. No, it's not. They it is. They have a they have a huge they have a huge building over in uh in Oakland. I I pass by it every day. Oh, cute doggy. All right, well that's why they're so in business. They have pictures of dogs on the homepage. <laughs> um <laughs> But you know, and you have to you have to know that checkbox is there. Yeah, you have to see it, and then you have to remember to uncheck it. No, and that article showed a whole bunch of examples where they make it look like it's impossible not to do it. Like <laughs> right. the skip button looks like it's not a button. Oh, you'll have to. Like, another thing is you'll have to like go in. You know, there's like an express install, and there's like a custom install. You'll have to like go into the custom install in order to not have the installer install a bunch of crap. It's like every time I try, like whenever I, I think I'm like, oh, the Mac App Store, this is a terrible idea or sandboxing, it's the worst. But for regular people, I always forget how crappy using a computer can be if you don't have like even a little bit of knowledge of kind of what's up. Like this is how people like, ugh. you ever seen people like who have like six different Internet Explorer toolbars? <laughs> yes. It's that like it's just how do you operate? Uh, I yeah, I don't know. It'd be like if you like had your car except like you had like ads like all around like the top <laughs> half of the windshield and you're just like oh, this is totally normal. Uh, don't don't put it past a company to try to do that someday. Ugh. All right. Um. So what else we got? I th I think we completely lost track of whatever the heck we were talking about. Yeah, it's been a little little sporadic so far, but that's that's okay. You know, it's slow slow weeks. That's gonna happen. Um, I, I have a, well, you know, I, you know, we like to kind of break up the format of the show a little bit, not, not just run down the news. So I, I have a, um, a product recommendation. Sure. I've heard that the, the folk, the folks like this. Uh, is this the headphones? Yeah, this, this is the headphones, yeah. Okay. So I, the last couple of weeks have been on a, a mission to replace my, the headphones that I use for my daily commute. Uh, so, you know, my, my commute involves obviously, you know, having my backpack and getting on a bus, getting off a bus, getting on BART, walking some more. So I'm kind of, you know, moving around when I, when I commute. And one of the things that was consistently a hassle is having a pair of headphones with a cord. Just, you know, it would get tangled in my backpack. And if I wanted to take off my jacket because the bus was warm or whatever, like the cord, the cord is just always in the way. So I want, I knew I wanted to get a pair of wireless headphones for my commute. Um, and given the positive experience I had with the Power Beats 2, I immediately looked at what Beats was offering. And it just turned out that they just came out with the uh, Solo 2 wireless headphones. You've, you've probably been seeing commercials for these. It's been advertised everywhere. Mm -hmm. These are the over the, or not on the ear, rather. So there's kind of two two main styles of wireless headphones. It, putting aside like the workout style there's on the ear and around the ear or over ear i guess is what some companies call it so the the solo two wireless are on the ear headphones which just as the name implies they you know kind of rest right right on your ear and so uh, a couple weeks ago I, I bought a pair of those and you know gave them a try for a week or so and found them to be incredibly uncomfortable they sounded great, 
and they look really cool um but they just were not comfortable and it wasn't even actually the the headphone part it was the the i don't know what you, what you call it but the band you know that goes over your head that connects the two earphones mm -hmm. just just not comfortable at all which color did you get just the regular uh black and red okay uh, so again, very good looking and very good sounding headphones, just not not a good fit for me. Um, so then I tried the uh, Studio Wireless headphones, which is a very similar headphone, but it's it's the around the ear model. And unfortunately, the pair that I bought were were broken. They would not turn on and they would not charge. So and 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 you know, but I did have There's the opportunity. An Apple control for you. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I did have the opportunity to you just could just wear them and just kind of see how they felt. So even though they weren't working, I could at least get a, a, a feel for the the fit. And it was it was pretty similar to the the Solo Two, where it, they were a little bit more comfortable, but still not very comfortable. Um, so I thought, well, you know, maybe maybe Beats just isn't this is not going to be the right choice for me. I've always had really good luck with Bose headphones. So I'm like, well, you know, maybe I'll I'll give a look to see what Bose has got. And so, you know, quick little Amazon search. I found the Bose Soundlink around ear Bluetooth headphones. Um, I've, I've been an owner of the QC15s for the last couple of years, and I really, really liked those. And, you know, if you're trying to visualize what these look like, they look like, basically look like a pair of, black QC 15s um, or they actually look really similar now to the new QC 30 which is the kind of upgraded quiet comfort model which is also now kind of a solid black similar to these um, you know the biggest difference of course is that they kind of have this they're, they're, they're really just to be honest they're really not the most attractive looking headphones mostly because the the Bluetooth module that um, is a part of the headphone kind of sticks out the left ear cup in a weird way. Um, it actually ends up being really great because it's got you know volume controls and skip and pause and all that built right on there, which is which is awesome. But it just doesn't again doesn't they definitely don't look nearly as cool as like the the Beats headphones do. But they much like the the QC15s that I have, they are incredibly comfortable, and they sound great. And they're they're and they're cheaper too than the the, the Solo Two and the the Studio Wireless. So I, I've had these now for about a week and a half, and or about a week, I guess. And I really, really, really like them. Become kind of a, a Bose headphone fanboy. I've always really, really liked the Bose headphones I've had. Yeah, I. Hmm. Yeah, they're pretty good. I just, I, I guess I don't commute. I don't commute that way. Where I don't really, I don't know. I, I'm fine with the earpods if it's not for working out. I, I don't know. But yeah, I can see where those are really important, especially if you fly a lot. Because well, these aren't noise canceling, are they? So actually, that that was going to be the last point that I made was that one of the things that I really like about these is that they're not noise canceling. So I, I love the QC15 for when I'm at work and when I'm on a plane. Because that's where I do want noise canceling. But the reason I, I really didn't want noise canceling for these headphones for commuting is it's just it's not very safe to have noise canceling headphones when you're walking around in public. You want to be a, you know aware of your surroundings. And what's really awesome about these headphones is that 
they, there's a really good balance between you know being able to you know have good sound quality but then also being able to hear things around you so that's actually been one of the other things i really like about these especially compared to something like the studio wireless headphones which do have uh noise canceling hmm. so i you know anyway if, if you're looking for um a good pair of wireless headphones um not not for workout of course um i recommend these they they do have a, a much newer model the bose soundlink on-ear headphones which are much smaller look a lot better have i think like twice the battery life um they're you know they're overall i think much newer and much nicer headphones but i i just personally don't find the on-ear fit to be very comfortable so I kind of sacrificed some of the aesthetics and some of the battery life for, you know, a pair that I thought would be more comfortable. Well, very good. I'm glad you found some. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, again, I hear, I hear people like the, uh, the product recommendations. So thought I'd slip that in. Sure thing. All right. Well, I guess back, back to the news. What else, what else do we got? I got nothing. <laughs> I should like make a soundboard and of all the times you've said that. Well, I do have nothing. I, like, I know I'm going to sound like a terrible person, but again, why, like the whole time you were talking about the headphones, just because I already I I know about them, it's it's just not for me. Um, I've just been looking at the Apple Watch website. Okay, well, that's that's a bit of a transition. Well, it's not really a transition because you already know. Like, I've already discussed my opinion. I'm just it, because it's coming closer. I don't really. I mean, I'm going to I'm going to get one, but I, I assume I'm not going to like it. Well, the, this the transition that I was actually referring to is. As part of the iOS 8.2 beta, which became available this week, folks have found the Apple Watch Companion app, which is the app that appears to basically control all all the kind of basic functionality of communication between the iPhone and the watch. Things like notifications and the layout of the icons on the watch's home screen all this kind of stuff and i don't know it's it's um it's it's basically it's exactly what you'd expect it to be yeah it's gonna be a really underwhelming product and you know i, I can't help but <laughs> notice how similar some of these menu options are to the pebble well it does similar functions that's what i'm saying it's 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 which, which for me, I like. I I actually get really excited about that kind of stuff. But I was thinking about it as I was looking at these screenshots. This is this is this is exactly what you don't want this thing to be. And by you, I mean specifically you. What do you mean? You, you mean that you, this you're thing... not interested in a, a souped up pebble? That's just not not something that you're excited about. Like the thing is, I just again we'll, we'll save it for we'll we'll table it for next week perhaps. But we we have to have an in-depth conversation about why this is going to be kind of a bummer for at least two years. Yeah, we should have a... Um, that's a good idea for next week, kind of a dedicated Apple Watch show. But a quick question. Are, are you willing to spend three to $500 on something that you know is going to be probably pretty crappy for the first year? Like, are you willing to be the, the beta tester for that? Yes. And you won't feel bad at all? No. Ow. <laughs> I, I I literally knocked you out. <laughs> no, I was just so disappointed that my head hit the microphone. <laughs> no, I um, well, I I guess I should clarify something. I actually don't think this is going to be a t 
total disaster for a couple of years. I, I think it will, life, be, it will be. You yeah. forget to charge it once. Because here's the thing. like who, If you forget to charge it once and it is either at 10% battery when you wake up or it's dead, you're just going to leave it at home. You're not going to go take it to work, plug it in, let it charge from 9 to 1130, and then be like, oh, my watch is ready to go. I've, I've done that with my Pebble. That's, so yes, so yes, I would do that. Okay, normal people like that. That's that's. I'm sorry, like that's you. Technology works for you. You don't work for technology. Oh, that's good. Well, like that's just my opinion. Like technology needs to. St- like we're at the point where technology needs to stop being work. I the way that I view the Apple Watch is it's going to be very very limited. But the thing is, even with those limits, I think the battery life is going to be absolute crap. Which makes like my like the fuel band like even I think that has to be charged kind of a lot and that's once a week. No, and I, I feel that way with my Pebble too, where I have to charge it every three four days. Like no matter how easy it is to charge, like if I'm just really tired and I fall asleep with it wearing it and it's dead the next morning, that's just a completely useless device now. Yeah, I was I was a little surprised that. I mean, I guess this could still happen, I guess. But I, I was a little surprised that they didn't, I don't know, come up with just some easier way to charge it. Like, you know, wireless charging would be, like, a example. Well, I mean, it's got the magnetic... Like, I think they're making it as easy to charge as possible, which is, like, like it's got basically, like, watch MagSafe on it, which is, which is cool, but I think it's just... The battery has to be at least two days. Wireless charging would be a really... Like if you could just, because you know, like you think about what you do, like with a watch, like a regular watch, right? Like if you take it off at the end of the day, you just you 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 generally put it at the same place, you know, every evening on your mantle or whatever. I think the MagSafe is the same. Like if you had a wireless charging pad, or if you have a magnetic charging thingy in the same area, I think it's essentially the same amount of effort. Maybe. Yeah, I guess we'll we'll have to wait and see what that looks like, but. Just for me, if it if it doesn't last like one and three quarter days, it it's gonna be a non-starter for so many people, including myself. Like I'm still gonna get it. I'm just gonna it's just gonna be kind of a bummer because it's not a fitness tracker if it's out of battery half the time. It seems like there's a zero percent chance it's gonna last longer than a day. I just I just don't see how that would be possible. <sighs> okay, positive news. <laughs> Want to tell me about something you like? <laughs> uh, someday. No, again, just g- give me a, give me a recommendation of something you like. Something quick. Something that it costs under fifteen dollars. Um, well, I can talk about this uh, this beer I'm drinking. <laughs> that was opposite that, of what else? Okay, go for is it. That, is that what you're looking for? No. Um, so it's, I, so it's a Pabst uh, Blue Ribbon. It's it's yeah the Pabst Pabst Blue Ribbon the, the tall can. Uh, no, no, no. That's Pabst is gross. Um, Whole beer's gross. Well, yeah, I know you're not a, you're not a beer fan. Um, I did. I made you try at one of the events we went to over the summer. I did. I made you try Anchor Steam. Is that is that correct? Mm-hmm. And you, I think you you were generally okay with Anchor Steam. No, I mean it was fine. Like it was it wasn't repulsive, but it also it just you know, wasn't refreshing. Hmm. Just felt like you were drinking oatmeal. <laughs> Cold cold oatmeal. <laughs> cold carbonated oatmeal. Um, well, so Anchor Steam, uh, which is, you know, brewed right here in San Francisco, they every year they come out with a, uh, a holiday ale. And it's it's different every year. I mean, it tastes m- mostly similar, but it's, it's, it's a little different every year. 
and this year's is absolutely fantastic. The the 2014 2014 model is um very good. I, I highly recommend it. Cool. Does it break uh, backwards compatibility with um, <laughs> 2008 mugs? Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, it's you know you need you need the the, the Keurig 2.0 thing. It's a beer 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 DRM. <sighs> okay. Um, all right. Wrapping up. What else we got? Well, you know, I um I I, I put a link um to these uh, these Nike shoes. <laughs> okay. You know this this is the year. I mean, you've you've seen the Back to the Future movies, I trust. I'm gonna be completely honest. I've never seen it. Are you serious? It's oh never been God. of any interest to me. I've had many opportunities to watch it. Never seen it. Oh, in much in the same way, I've never seen any Star Wars and or Star Trek movies. It's un- unbelievable. Well, so in, in the second Back to the Future movie, they go to the future, and the future in the movie is 20, <laughs> Do 20, 2015. Well, in, in in the first movie, they go to the past. They do not. Yet it was called Back to the Future. Well, because because when he's when Marty McFly, the main character, is in the past, he needs to get back to his his present time, which in the past is the future. Hmm. Yeah, it's it's actually a very clever title. (laughs) (laughs) But in the second movie, they they go to the future, the far flung future, which is uh, 2015 in the movie, and that's you know that's the year that we're in now. And so one of the things that they have in the movie is a uh, very prominently branded Nike shoe, which is uh, self-lacing. And Nike has, uh, Nike has come out and said that they are planning on actually making these shoes available this year, which seems appropriate. Would you, would you buy self-lacing shoes you're you mean you're a nike fan so i feel like if you were these would be the pair that you'd try i I, i'm an adult i can lace my own shoes (laughs) like so you would you would not you you would not um you would not get self these power self-lacing shoes like this is just like one of those like weird one-off things they do for like uh shoe fanatics right like this is not this is not a thing is it like, you know how they make those like really crazy like thousand dollar sneakers like just every every once in a while like I know Air Jordans and stuff or whatever do they still make those? Yes, they do, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like they make those every year and they're like two hundred dollars, but like they always make those ridiculous uh, like thousand dollar sneakers every once in a while. I assume it's gonna be like that. Like that's not gonna be a thing, is it? Well, that's I don't know. We'll see. They they Isn't did this what come sandals out. Sandals are for. <laughs> like I I don't think that's a problem that needs solving. Yeah, I, I don't know. We'll see. Um, I I am I'm very excited to see what these end up being, though. Can we talk about something <laughs> something positive, or where it don't sound like a Debbie Downer? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I, I I have I have the story for you. Rock Band DLC. <laughs> so you you know I I don't know I don't know if um how many people know this about you, Carlos, but you you back in the day were a huge rock band fan arguably the the biggest rock band fan i i think you you bought a a, an xbox really specifically for the purpose of playing rock band is that is that correct um no (laughs) well i think it's 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 at least partially true 
sort of i bought an xbox for like i think i wanted to play i wanted some box that would play forza or some type of racing game and i ended up choosing that and then yeah i bought rock band but not the drums no 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 just the guitar yeah because it was a, it was a fun game for a little bit but then everybody everybody gave up and then uh was it activision or electronic arts who bought guitar hero and then ran it into the ground um i, I get this confused so well so you know there there was guitar hero and then there was rock band yeah so rock band so harmonics made guitar heroes like one and two and then it got acquired by somebody and then they ran it into the ground and then harmonics went and made rock band which was like really cool and innovative like the the microphone and the drums were kind of a bust but it was, it was nifty and then now harmonics makes their own uh they do like music like rpgs now they don't do like actual like rhythm games <laughs> right like i forget what it's called but they have they have this new thing that's people seem to like yeah they do um but so for the first time in two years, they've come out with new songs for Rock Band. Uh, who's it from? Uh, so the, the pack they came out with, it features uh, the Arctic Monkeys, Avenged Sevenfold, and the Foo Fighters. Why well, not the, it's just Foo Fighters. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't want to upset the Foo Fighter fans out there. Um, so, you know, the, the rumor, I mean, the reason why outside of being able just to kind of point out your rock band fandom the other reason i wanted to bring this up is because the uh, rumor has been that this is sort of the very first step in harmonics kind of testing the waters to see what people would think about perhaps a new version of rock band i don't and i, I don't know i i think i i kind of think that that time has come and gone if i'm being honest i don't i think game consoles have come and gone well i think this is the rock the whole rock band guitar hero thing is different like if you take a step back and think about what these games are and what's required to play them like the fact that you have to have you know literally multiple plastic guitars uh, a, a drum set multiple microphones and i think the the last version had like a keyboard or something um, I don't, I don't, I'm not sure that's true. No, I think I think Rock Band Three had a keyboard that you could buy. Um, and it, I don't know, just it, it, that that whole concept is kind of just crazy. I and I feel like you and I were because we were we were in college when these got really popular, which I think was like the perfect time and sort of the one time of your life where it's sort of acceptable to have all these plastic instruments all over your house. I don't I don't really think as adults now this would be quite as socially acceptable. Like, you know, if you, if you came over to my apartment and you saw plastic guitars and a, a drum set just kind of hanging out in the living room, like, you know, what, how, what would you think of me? I would look for the case of PBR in the, in the, in the closet. <laughs> yeah. And probably a, a fridge full of lean cuisines. Cause I, I would say you're not an adult. Well, that's the, that last part's not too far from the truth, but really, well, I I buy um, not lean cuisine, but lots of uh, frozen dinners from Trader Joe's. Oh, what? Nothing. I I, I can I can I can feel the judgment through. No, the it's microphone. not judgment. It's just oh man. Yeah. Well, I gotcha. is, is it was it pity? No, no. <laughs> Again, a busy busy young professional. Yes. Oh, uh, you ever had the Trader Joe's samosas? 
Uh, yeah, no, I don't think so. They are very, very good. Every, you know, everything from Trader Joe's is very good. Every time I go in there, I'm mm. just pleasantly surprised. Not everything, but they've got a lot of a lot of go-to standards. Like their tomato pesto pizza is outstanding. Um, their their pre-made salads are weird. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, I'm not. I'm pre-made salads in general, not the big fan of. Yeah. They're just never very fresh. Yeah, exactly. Well, Safeway's not bad, but. Again, you got a blue barn right near you, so you should you should be going there every day. <laughs> yeah, if I if I want to literally go bankrupt. Ah, oh, blue barn is so good. Yeah, it's it's like it's like fifteen dollars salads. It's thirteen dollars for a winter salad. <laughs> well, fifteen with tax and everything. Yeah, the eighteen percent tax or whatever we pay in San Francisco. It's nine percent. It well, you'd be well, but then but then there's the, the SF healthy, healthy the thing, <laughs> and yeah, it's. And you got you got to include the Uber that you take there, because it's like three blocks away. And well, I know if, I, if I'm if I'm taking an Uber to get to Blue Barn, that's something's something's gonna miss. <sighs> okay. Um, God, this Apple Watch is gonna be a bummer. We're, well, okay. Well, we'll save that for next week. So we're we're a little over the hour mark. So we're you know we're in a decent spot for a slow week. Okay. So we got we got to think of one positive bit of news or or so, something to share. Um. Hmm. Positive, huh? Mm-hmm. Well, there's this, um, so that, you know, the Detroit Auto Show has been going on this week. Been following this at all? Not at all. What's well, so cool? Ford's been talking a little bit more about Sync 3, which they announced a couple of weeks ago and we talked about on the show. They talked a little bit more about how apps are going to, well, pardon the pun, but sync with the platform. And the, the new version of Sync runs like on BlackBerry or something? Uh, it runs on QNX, which is a company that BlackBerry bought back in the day when they were coming up with the BlackBerry Touch. Um, so that, you know, they've come up with um, this new, uh, basically a new version of AppLink, which has always been their platform for allowing third-party apps to communicate with Sync. And I guess the, the the things that they highlighted, which I think are interesting, is they're trying to make this even easier than it was previously to kind of encourage, excuse me, more apps to support it. And the big thing that they're going to support is allowing for your phone's navigation software to take over the car navigation. So the goal that they set out is they're going to try to have Google Maps, Apple Maps, and Waze. Those are the three at least that this Engadget article talks about where instead of having your car's built-in navigation map you can instead use google maps apple maps or ways or whatever which that seems really great because i i don't think i've ever seen an in-car navigation software that i liked you know that that looked nice so i i would you know i would i think like the biggest selling point of something like apple carplay is the fact that you get to use Apple Maps. And so if I could have something similar with Sync 3, that would be really nice. And is it probably going to be priced the same? Where you got to get the, the super ultra deluxe package to get it? Yeah, probably. I mean, yeah, probably. That was my experience with when I leased the Fiesta a year and a half ago, where even if you wanted to get, you know, Sync with my Ford Touch, 
that was a package and then navigation was like another package on top of that. So I'm assuming that this would be something similar, unfortunately. Yeah. Your uh, Tesla Model C cannot come uh, soon enough. <laughs> uh, you can see so many Teslas around here now. Every time I see one, I desperately want it. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of over the Model S. But... You know, well, so, you know, the, the Tesla looks really great and it drives really nice. But the thing that I get kind of hung up on is if you actually stop and think about it, it would be really, really inconvenient to own. Because every because well, it's it people who own it it's not their primary car or or that's the thing like if you it's not right for us right like the scenario that I think about are like if you if you want to take a trip up to like let's say Tahoe for example from here you know they they have they do specifically have the superchargers uh, set up so that you can get from the Bay Area to Tahoe no problem which is great but you think about when you're in Tahoe. It, you'd, you'd have to make sure that wherever you're staying has somewhere that you can plug it in. Mm-hmm. Like, just, th- just that alone seems like a really big inconvenience. Yeah. Like, the, the idea of basing where you stay around whether or not you have somewhere to charge your car seems a little crazy. The beauty of fossil fuels. <laughs> Again, like, that's, that's why electric charging is going to be such a huge pain. Like, that's, I don't know. Is hydrogen-powered uh, cars still a thing? Yeah, that's they're still working on like that. that. That's the 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 kind of the compromise, right? That's my my dad's old, who's he has an engineering kind of background. He's always been kind of interested in this sort of stuff. He's always he's been saying this for like a decade that hydrogen is where it's at. I mean, that has to be it. There's got to be a better way to reduce the dependence against fossil fuels and something that's so damaging to the environment, but also that it's something that still gives you the convenience that our existing infrastructure can support right yeah well there we go that's that's a happy way to end it yeah i I agree